Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. My name is Kyle Bruce, and I'll be your moderator for today's show. And I'm joined by authors Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnajar, experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively, effectively implementing them can make a difference. Uh, today's show is about legacy employees and change. Uh, we're going to focus on chapter 65 and 66 of Managing to Make a Difference, and they're titled Take Action on Legacy Employees and Replace Employees Who Are Blocking Change. So let's go ahead and get started, Larry and Kim. Um, you know, we've really been focusing on building great teams on our radio show. We've been talking about helping people to be successful by creating growth plans and individualized development opportunities for teams. But these two chapters... Well, they, they kind of be more about firing people. Um, this just seems a little bit of a, of a departure, uh, I think, from, from your other lessons in managing to make a difference. Why do these topics matter so much if someone is trying to manage to make a difference? So I'll turn it over to you guys. Well, some context may be helpful, and that's certainly a good question. Uh, and the context is this. In order to make a difference in the lives of the people you're managing, you need to embrace change and you need to help your team embrace change. And these are two of several chapters in a section on the importance of embracing change with some uh, of our observations about best practices in managing change. So, of course, managing change is a very big topic and uh, we, we do not intend that we're going to cover all of the important aspects of managing change, but we, we thought for pers- purposes of this book, there were certain topics that we think are not emphasized uh, in other, uh, by other experts when they're talking about how to lead change, how to manage change. And so th- this, these are just a couple of the chapters in that, in that uh, section on embracing change. So it, it might sound a bit anomalous if this is the only episode someone listened to, but in the context of the book, there are just a couple of points about embracing change. So, uh, and, and legacy employees, I think, present uh, a, a, a very difficult and often painful challenge for any manager or leader who is charged with bringing about fundamental change in any sort of organization. Because when that happens, there are going to be certain employees, and I'm thinking of when, I, when we say legacy employees, for anyone who isn't clear on what that term means, we mean someone who has a lot of seniority in the organization and who might well have made very important contributions to the ongoing success and growth of the organization. And now a change is coming. And uh, as a result of this change, uh, this employee is is going to present a challenge and may not be able to uh, adapt to the change. I'm going to give you an example uh, so we, we get some clarity on this. Uh, It so happens that uh, some years ago, I was doing some executive coaching with uh, certain people in the IT department of Stanford University. And I happened to be on campus with these people on the day that the old mainframe computer 
was being retired. And by retired, I mean unplugged. Because the world had changed and everybody had desktop computers and laptop computers and uh, the, the utility of uh, these major mainframes uh, really had, uh, had passed. And so that was the kind of change that was occurring. And I happened to be there on the day that they were going to unplug this computer. And there were a team of very loyal smart and nice guys who had been running this mainframe for probably 20 years. And they even had written its own unique language. I mean, they were the person who could get this computer to do the calculations and computations and other activities that the computer was was capable of doing. Uh, but they had written a unique language for the computer. And so... Uh, when this computer was unplugged, what in the blazes were they going to do to continue to add value to Stanford? And as it happens, uh, Stanford couldn't find anything. They, these, these people had to retire. And it was done compassionately and uh, it, was, it was done with an eye to what kind of financial compensation would be appropriate uh, for for someone who was being forced to retire essentially because of this change in the situation. But it was, uh, I remember it was a solemn moment for everybody in the IT department uh, simply because it was, it was evident to me, I was an outsider, that these 20 people didn't have a job anymore because of this change. And so even though the change was good for the university and everybody it served, it wasn't so good for these 20 guys. Um, and so what, that's just one example of legacy employees who, because of some change, all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, it's hard to find a role for them. And, and there are times, I think, when out of, out of compassion, uh, a manager or a leader will drag his or her feet in taking the actions that are necessary. Uh, and, and I understand why from a human point of view, but there are times when you just have to do something, even if it is, is painful and unpleasant. Kim, what are your thoughts about this? A couple of things. One is that uh, as we talk about this topic in general, what the the place that we're adding value is talking about how do you help people? How do you work with people in the face of change? And, and this is a hard topic that there's just not that much advice out there about that when you do have significant change that potentially, as in your story, makes people redundant um, to your organization or no longer able to contribute, what are you going to do? And I think that the way we have this chapter titled is very appropriate because it's take action. And as a, as a manager and as a leader, you have to take some action in that scenario and you have some choices. And so I think it's important to talk about the fact that you have multiple choices, but that 
one way or another, you're going to have to take some kind of action. And the more quickly you can move to clarify what that action is going to be or what the options are going to be for people, the better off people are going to be in that flux time as the change is unfolding. Well, I was I was thinking about this, and Kim, to to your point, and Larry, your point, you know, mergers and acquisitions. You know, there's a lot of those things happening going. You know, look what's going on uh, in in media and actually the TV and broadcast industry. You know, the you hear of all these articles about you know the Internet of Things. You know, artificial intelligence. You know, the robots are coming. The robots are coming. They're here. Hey, they're, right, and and so there is massive change happening in in the workforce of America or really for the world um, on a on a monumental scale that we've we've not seen you know, maybe since the wheel or the steam engine or something you know, printing uh, press. printing press right uh, since Larry was a kid oh, I'm just kidding um, but it's you know we're seeing so much change from a standpoint of how work gets done at least at certain levels um, and that's affecting an awful lot of people's jobs and and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of you know, budgets, you know, moving around and, you know, things like that and where influence is different. And so I don't think there's a single manager that might be listening today that can escape the fact that change and rapid change is occurring, whether you want it to or not. Um, and I think to your, to your guys's point, you provide at least a little bit of direction on how to handle that. But that your aspect of saying we've got choices, Kim, I, I think that's an important aspect. What are, what are some of those choices in terms of how we act uh, when it's required to do that in the face of change? Well, I, I think the the first one we address in the book is, um, in in one sense, the most obvious one. Remember, we're talking about how do you take action on legacy employees who uh, are probably terrific employees, and because of this change, all of a sudden, uh, their their the current job at least is in danger. And so the first option we address is allow them to continue in their current role and give them the opportunity to meet the new expectations for the role. Uh, you know, I, uh, I remember I had a client some years ago who they, they wanted a different sales force. They, they had a current sales force who were really hard closing guys. They would kick down the door and knock you over the head. And when you woke up, you had signed a contract. I mean, they were hard closers. And the organization decided that they wanted to to uh, switch and have these have their salespeople be more of a relationship sale rather than uh, just a raw persuasion type of sale. And uh, they wondered whether their current sales force could make the transition. And the reality was some of them could and some of them couldn't. But they they were doing what this first suggestion that I men- mentioned, which was they allowed all the salespeople to at least try to make the transition. They didn't change their expectations. Uh, and they provided training and coaching and et cetera. And some people were able to make the transition and, and some of them just that wasn't in their DNA to sell that way. All right. Well, it looks like we're coming up against a break here. So let's talk a little more about those ways because I know there's a, quite a few more left in the book. Um, so, hey, it's the holidays. And if you believe in the old adage that it's better to give than to receive, 
Well, why not click on the email host button and give us a little bit of feedback uh, about what you like about the show, about what you'd like to change, questions you might have. Uh, we love questions, and we'll include them in one of our upcoming episodes uh, and share all that information with the listeners. So, uh, you know, your questions help us to make the show a lot better. Uh, so thank you in advance for giving us a little bit of inspiration for the show and some questions to answer. Uh, so we'll be right back after a few moments to learn a little more from our sponsors. Talk to you in a few minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person -person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference this afternoon. We've been focusing on taking action with legacy employees, and really, this chapter is a big focus on you know helping people to understand what to do when change comes, because, hey, we're, we're managers, and if we want to make a difference in the lives of other people, you really have to embrace change, and uh, the reality is that sometimes you have legacy employees that really don't want to do that, uh, or you may even think they can't do it. 
you know, we're in a world of rapid change now with, you know, artificial intelligence, the quote unquote internet of things, and even, you know, the world of mergers and acquisitions, those sorts of things. So change is upon us. Um, and action is really required when we need to, to embrace rapid change, especially. But we have to remember that we do have choices in terms of how we treat people and the opportunities that we give them. And before we left, we were talking about ways that you can do that and some of the choices that you can embrace. Uh, so Larry was talking about the first one. So I'm going to turn back to Larry to talk about the the next choice that we have. Well, I'm gonna. The next choice is just to, to bring listeners up to speed. The first choice was. Uh, allow them to continue in their current role and give them the opportunity to meet the new expectations. Uh, the next choice is recast them into another job. And Kim, uh, I'm going to pass this one to you. Yeah, as you think about recasting people into another job, this is a perfect opportunity to, to look at what do they really enjoy? What are they really good at? and to engage them in that process and say, what are your goals? And let's look around within the organization and see if there's a good fit for you in another area. Maybe it's another department, an, another area of expertise that you would need some different kind of cross-training in. But you've got someone who's been with your organization for a long time and has a lot to offer um, that would take a long time for a new person to ramp up to. So you could make the investment in recasting them into a role that's a better fit for them, for who they are and what their goals are and what their strengths are, and take action in that way. Joe, thank you. Well, and, and the third choice, the third option, um, that one's you know terminating their employment with severance uh, with, with help. Uh, so tell me more about that. What is that? What do you mean by that, Larry? Well, I mean that this is a again, it's it's a choice, and and uh, in many organizations, you're talking about merger and acquisitions. Oftentimes, when there is a merger or an acquisition, uh, the acquiring company one of the things they want to do is cut their costs and show some improved profitability pretty darn quickly. And there are often jobs that are duplicated. So. Company A acquires company B and, you know, they already have a lot of people in accounting and they don't need all the duplication anymore. And so uh, some of those people are going to be offered um, early retirement, which essentially is severance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it's often quite an attractive option for people as opposed to any of the other choices we're making, like trying to stay there, being recast or whatever. Uh, Because when people are recast, often they have to learn new things. And some people are better learners than others and and et cetera, et cetera, even though they, again, may be uh, valuable legacy employees who you really want to treat with dignity. So the option of, as I think Stanford did with this group of uh, computer professionals is they they gave them I think pretty generous uh, severance payments because they just weren't going to be recast. And do you think you, you know you talked about you know terminating somebody with uh, with uh, severance or with help? And so when you're talking about help, do you mean you know there's there's these companies out there that specialize in in outplacement? You know, an organization is going to do a big layoff, so they'll hire a uh, some uh, third-party organization to do outplacement. That's you know resume writing and reviewing skills and uh, you know you know interview practice and 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 maybe even placement sorts of things. But um, 
how much help do you think you should an organization should give? Uh, personally, as much as they're capable of giving, I think, uh, and and this of course boils down to personal bias, uh, because there there are numerous. Uh, there are numerous constituencies you're serving. One of one of those constituencies are the shareholders, are the owners. And uh, the more money you spend on help when somebody is leaving, the less money there is for shareholders. Well, I think I think also, you know, there's money associated with that. But I think there's also the aspect of, uh, you know, brand awareness. You know, how does your organization, your brand treat people when they're exiting? Uh, and, and that's if there's a major layoff or a merger and acquisition or something. You know, how I think there's a lot of just brand management that takes place there. So I think how you treat people and we talk about with compassion uh, when a change like this occurs, I think is is powerful. What the message it sends just from a PR standpoint. Well, it sends that message to everybody in your organization. Go ahead, Kim. Yeah, we've talked about this many times before that particularly in, in, in the face of extreme change, you know, this is kind of the crucible for your organization and people are watching. People are watching to see what you're going to do because it gives them an idea of who you really are and what they can expect from you. It, it communicates to people how they're going to be treated in a similar situation in the future, um, you know, if the change turns toward them. And it impacts the people who stay maybe not as much as the people who leave, but maybe more than you think. And uh, I remember my my father used to say to me, Larry, be very nice to everyone when you're on your way up in your career because you're going to meet those same people when you're on your way down. <laughs> and uh, you never know when one of these people who left <clears throat> might be the right person for a role as as things unfold in your company and you want to leave on good terms there there really is is it's hard to make an argument for being responsible for somebody leaving on bad terms um so y- you want to leave on good terms so that's why i believe even if it the company would make less a little bit less money mm-hmm. than it would if you didn't provide the outplacement help or other forms of help uh, you ought to go out and spend that money. I think it's it's money well spent, and and particularly when you're showing legacy employees the door who have helped build your company, uh, giving them a little bit of an extra benefit. If you want to think of it that way, I sleep better at night. And as I say, this is just my own personal value system. This is. I understand that people might disagree with me. Well, sure. I think there's probably also varying degrees of help. You know, do you want to use a full, you know, sort of full-on outplacement company that's going to give soup to nuts outplacement? Or, you know, sometimes it's just saying, hey, would you like me to write you a letter of recommendation or, or <laughs> reference for a company? You know, some can be that sort of help. Um, you know, we've had people leave our organization before and um, people have come to me and said, Kyle, you know, help them, help them find their next role. Can you make some introductions? And I'm happy to do that. It's one of those things where, you know, that compassionate component comes into play of knowing we can help somebody find their next role. Um, it's not because they're, they're not valuable because they're valuable people. It's just, hey, the roles change, culture changes, or you, you need to do something different. And certainly that's a fact of life for all of us. So the next option. I like, Larry, that you mentioned the bias here because the way that we're talking about these, the order in which we're talking about them today, 
um, clearly reveals uh, our own biases. We we ordered these in, in order of preference of things to do, um, and you know, helping people have an opportunity to succeed comes first for us. Um, and then we move into these other options of, okay, well, if that's not going to work, people are going to need to leave. Our preference is to help them. There is, of course, an option that you ask them to leave and you provide no help. And we've talked a little bit about what some of the disadvantages of that would be. I've been on the receiving end of that one. I was the VP of HR for Omni International Hotels uh, right around 1990, give or take. And uh, Omni was acquired. It was uh, an acquisition. And uh, the acquiring hotel company had a corporate office full of human resources professionals. And I was entirely redundant. And uh, they showed me no compassion, even in the way that they went about it. They just kind of offhandedly told the president uh, that I reported to, uh, have you uh, have you fired Larry yet? And and I know this because that's what the president told me. And uh, he said, no, nobody's discussed this with me or with him. And they said, yeah, well, it's time for him time for him to get off the payroll. And uh, there there were no no conversations, no expressions of, gee, I'm sorry. You know, we you're we have lots of people in human resources and uh, there, there's there's really no role for you, et cetera. They're just kind of one day they said, yeah, you're done. Um, and again, you know, I, I want to bring this back to the context of this podcast and the book, which is making a difference in the lives of the people who report to you. So yeah, you can, you can just kind of throw people out on the street and that's not the kind of difference that uh, uh, Kim Turnage and I uh, want to help you make in the lives of your people, and even if you're separating, it can be done with some compassion, even if you're not going to give somebody severance and you're not going to give them any help. There are still compassionate ways to do it so that they don't come back years later on a podcast and say, this company (laughs) just threw me out on the street. (laughs) Well, and you have as your last one. Go ahead, Kim. Despite how bad that that method is, there's one more that we think is even a worse choice, <laughs> um, and that's to carry people. Um, you know, allow them to continue to be in a role where they are not going to be successful and they're not going to make positive contributions to the success and growth of the organization. Well, and that's a tough place to be because that person's they're going to know they're not being successful. They're going to know that they're their role is becoming um, not meaningless necessarily, but certainly not as productive to the organization. And, and that's a that's a pretty tough place to be. And it's it's an emotional uh, place to be because, again, if you're not being significant or adding value. Well, I see we're up against a break here. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after a few moments to talk more with Larry and Kim. And we're going to move into uh, Chapter 66, and that's Replacing Employees uh, Who Are Blocking Change. Um, before we go, I want you to think about those uh, tough-to-buy uh, 
tough to buy family members or friends that uh, they've got everything. Well, why not consider getting them managing to make a difference? In fact, why don't you buy your entire team managing to make a difference? Go uh, to 800ceoread.com where you can get a 20% discount where you buy six or more books. Um, or if you need to give the gift of humor, hire Larry to come do a speaking presentation uh, and maybe he'll wow you with one of his crazy hats. So we'll come back. We'll talk more with Larry and Kim um, and about managing to make a difference. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values. Our online assessments and person-to-person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive, seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. 
If you happen to be just joining us today, we've been continuing our discussion uh, on dealing with legacy employees and replacing employees uh, who block change. Now, really, the, the first part of our discussion was focusing on the steps, you know, the choices that you have uh, when dealing with legacy employees and, and when, when rapid change occurs or the organization changes and, and perhaps their role just is no longer relevant or they need to make some sort of change. And, and those are really, you know, again, there's five of them allow somebody to continue in the role and, and to maybe even meet the new expectations or recast them in a new role. Or you can, you know, you may have the, the only choice is to terminate them, but to do that with, with severance or other help, you know, knowing that other people are watching you and handle how you handle those sorts of situations, you know, doing that with compassion just because um, somebody leaves, you don't have to quit caring about them. Um, you know, or you could terminate somebody without any sort of help. Uh, which we don't necessarily recommend, or you could just carry them, let them stay in the role and just, uh, kind of, you know, be a little bit more miserable, I guess, in many cases, because that's kind of a uh, an awful situation to be in. So those are some of the steps we talked about. And now we're going to move over to, to chapter 66, which is replace employees who are blocking change. Um, and again, this is, this is more about firing people. It's a little bit of a departure. So Kim and Larry, tell me more about uh, this concept of replacing employees who are blocking change and why it's so important. Well, the context here is, as we as we set up in the introductory paragraphs of the chapter, is there are times when the organization needs to achieve extremely rapid change. And so patience is not an option for a leader or a manager. Things have to happen rapidly. And in those cases, and you might have some employees who are actively trying to block the change. We're not talking about employees who might need a little extra time to adapt or something of the sort, but we're talking about employees, you know, and this would be a small group of people uh, who are actively trying to block the change uh, for whatever reason. And, and uh, in those cases, the, the more rapid you have to achieve the change, the less patience you can have. And so these people, if they're actively trying to block the change, uh, you have to, you have to uh, fire them. Uh, you have to replace them. You, 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 again, these are situations where you can't have patience. Uh, for instance, a turnaround situation where uh, you're coming in, uh, somebody has brought you in, they want to turn around uh, a terrible situation. Uh, the company is losing money and it has to be done as rapidly as possible. Those are the kind of situations we're talking about here. Uh, we're, we're going through one of those situations here now at the University of Nebraska with the football team. Uh, and Kyle follows the football team a lot more yes. than I do. So we, we just hired a new coach. His, his name is Frost. Right? Yep, Scott Frost. And what was the what was the record of the team with the prior coach this last year? Uh, it was a losing record. Uh, I, I burned it out of my brain, uh, but I think it was like four and six or something. It was it was not good. And so, uh, all of the constituents of the university uh, want rapid change here. No, the entire state of Nebraska. The, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, with, the entire fan base wants rapid change. Yes, yes, and that, that's the state of Nebraska. With, but yeah. it's also the the wealthy boosters who support the program and all the people who benefit by the amount of money that the football program does bring in to support uh, all the activities of the university. It's it's an important 
part of how the university is able to do pursue its mission. Yeah, it's an economic so, engine. It's an economic engine. Thank you. So at any event, it's horrible losing record last year. So everybody understands the coach has to go. But what kind of replacements uh, have already been uh, and and the new coach Frost hasn't even reported to work yet as a as a matter of fact. Well, it kind of has and it kind of has. So you know, the first thing it is they they actually they fired every single coach on the the former staff except for one who was sort of an interim, um, and just to kind of work through the processes. Um, and then uh, Coach Frost was selected and. He had all of his new coaches in place within about 72 hours. And were these people that he had formerly worked with? They were almost all coaches he was currently working with at another school. You know, this this just brings up an interesting little bit of a tangent uh, that Kim and I, uh, for whatever reason, we didn't uh, address this in, in our book, and we haven't addressed it in the podcast yet, but... It illustrates that when you're a new manager and you have to bring about rapid change in an organization, it it is probably smart to see if you can bring in people you know and trust and you know they're going to be on board with the kind of change you want to bring about. And so you don't have to worry about uh, persuading people, getting them on board. These people come in and they're already on board and, and so forth. Um, Kim Turnage, what comes to mind for you on this topic of, you know, replacing employees who are blocking change? That was just one example. Yeah, we, we talked about the fact that that's where you get to and that sometimes you get there quickly. But one thing that we didn't talk about is, is what comes before you get to that point. And, you know, there's communication, there's a listening. We've talked about that on, on another show um, that is in, in relation to this change idea. Um, you don't move directly necessarily to um, removing those people who are going to block change. There is an opportunity to communicate and to listen in some cases. And when you can take that opportunity, I think you're going to be better off. Yes. And on the day that you realize, okay, they're really determined to block this, you know, that's the day when you have to shift to how am I going to replace them uh, rather than rather than other rather than other things. Uh, The more rapid you want the change and the more fundamental. So you put those two things together, fundamental change rapidly, in my opinion, is probably going to require replacing people. And you see this happen in administrations on the city level, on the state level, on the national level. When you get a new leader, you get uh, a new team so that they don't have to uh, they don't have to invest their time on other kinds of matters. And I agree with you, Kim. I I, I believe in giving people opportunities, uh, but there are times when it's it's better for everyone involved if somebody is blocking change for the manager to just say, you know, maybe you should uh, move on. I, I encountered this uh, in my uh, former career in the hotel business. I was asked to become the general manager of a Ritz-Carlton hotel in order to do an experiment that was called self-directed work teams. And we wanted to see if you could run a Ritz-Carlton up to Ritz-Carlton standards uh, 
through this model. And uh, the COO of the organization, Horst Schultze, when I, when I was installed as general manager, he personally flew to the hotel and he had a meeting with the top executives and he said, listen, uh, I brought Larry in to run this experiment and uh, you need to make a choice. Uh, if you don't want to be on board with really running this experiment, uh, that's okay. I've got 35 other hotels I can transfer you to. You won't be fired. Uh, but I, I want to make sure that the team here is committed to seeing whether this experiment can work. And it's okay with me if you don't want to do it. But tell me so that I can get somebody in here who does want to do it. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about when we're saying replacing people. If you're in a big company, it doesn't mean that people have to be fired. Right. Uh, it, it just means that maybe there's another role for them, et cetera. And, and, uh, uh, but you just can't allow people to continue to block a change that you want to bring about as a leader. So you can, you know, when you have to do this sort of change, you have to do it quickly. You can still do it compassionately. You can still do it uh, with with caring in mind, even though they might be blocking change. Hopefully, they're not undermining or being insubordinate necessarily. Of course, you know, when somebody's blocking change, it might be able to feel like that. But as you said, the more quickly you act, um, the faster that process takes place. Um, the quicker you can get the right people in the right role and ultimately moving towards the goals you're trying to accomplish. I think knowing that this rapid movement is um, sometimes you're kind of making it up as you go. And but so having a bit of a plan before you get going, it certainly makes sense. But sometimes you don't have time to do that. And one good analogy is the well-known Band-Aid analogy. You know, you want to rip a Band-Aid off fa- uh, rapidly. Uh, I, I remember when uh, all the all the problems were discovered at the uh, the VA hospitals where there were these long waiting lists and veterans weren't getting the medical care they should get. And and the president brought in some new person to head up the organization. And the first thing I said is, they're not going to change the culture if they can't fire people. And that's just the reality. Well, that's, you know, best way to change an organization is starting at the top and making some changes with leadership. Um, you know, also, we talked about that aspect of in times of rapid change, you know, there's a lot of unanticipated consequences, you know, that they're going to happen. Um, new people affect the culture, new people, they, they change the culture, you know, every person that joins an organization uh, irrevocably impacts that sort of that culture. Um, knowing that rapid change in and of itself is a has a massive cultural shift to it. Um, what are some things that people can do? And we're getting ready to go into a break here, but I, I want us to come back and talk about some steps that people can take in the midst of that rapid shift and change, um, not just replacing people, but then after you've done it, then what do you do? Um, and we've got some experiences we've got in the chapter. I want to kind of go through some of those as well. Um, so as we go into that break, um, you know, really want everybody to um, to think about uh, you know how they're working with people in a compassionate sort of way, knowing that we still care about them, we want to be able to help them. Um, but um, hey, if you also have that that holiday spirit because you care about the people you work with, um, we're giving away a few presents to our listeners this week, really every week. Um, but a lot of people have asked for supporting materials. So you have any um, documents or workbooks or worksheets or activities that, that we can do to do some of the things you're talking about and managing to make a difference? Well, the first thing I say is, well, buy the book because uh, there's lots of great uh, 
activities to do in there. But we also have the microsite managed to make a difference.com where you can actually download some of those things, um, whether it be a coaching investment guide or a focus on you or uh, various other uh, support materials. So go check out managed to make a difference.com uh, and you can find some of those helpful gifts that we'd like to give for you this holiday season. So uh, go check it out right now while you're listening to this commercial and we'll be right back with more from Larry and Kim. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how join talent plus on site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you leadership toolbox focuses on individual engagement talent and fit team dynamics and growth and creating a strength-based culture this interactive seminar style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now reserve your spot today at talentplus.com when managers make a significant impact their teams are engaged motivated and excited they love what they do when those people work for you you get results results matter and people drive results at talent plus we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission vision and values our online assessments and person-to-person -person interviews not only identify talents, but uncover a roadmap for success from a person's first day on the job to the day they retire. When people celebrate their talents, use them daily and think about how to lead with their strengths, they help their companies grow, produce, and innovate. Want to learn more about empowering your people to help you do great things? Visit us today at talentplus.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. Today has been devoted to the topic of dealing with legacy employees and employees who really block change. Um, you know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the, this quote. I think maybe I've said it before, but uh, the quote, and I, don't, I can't remember who to attribute it to, but the quote goes something like this. If you don't like change, you'll like irrelevance even less. And when employees are blocking change, especially rapid change, whether it, whether it be like a business turnaround or uh, or something like that, where you just have to move, um, you know, managing individuals 
in a case like that, it needs to be rapid and patience is, is something you don't necessarily have a luxury to, to have with a lot of people. So you have to make some decisions and make them quickly and sometimes that means you have to help people move on or move out or, or move to other roles. Um, doesn't mean you have to fire them necessarily. You can look for opportunities to listen and communicate, but when you do decide it's time to make a change, you do need to make it quickly. Um, you know, people need to move on. And 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 one of the things that we talked about um, actually during the break is um, not just about the people who need to leave, but what about the people who get to stay, the people who get to carry on uh, and move that change forward? How does this affect those uh, individuals? So I'll turn that over to Larry and Kim to respond to. How do you think, um, you know, in times of rapid change and you make changes with people who are blocking change, how does it affect those that get to stay? Kim, you take this one. Well, I think that they're the people who are the great beneficiaries of your willingness to take action, uh, do it quickly, do it decisively, um, and, and do it with compassion. They're the ones who stay um, and who are part of what the future is going to be. And they're the ones who are going to be harmed by people being allowed to block change or being allowed to perform poorly in the face of change. And so they're the people who are relying on you to create the environment in which they can create the best possible success and the best possible results in this, that come out of this change. They need you to make these hard decisions. And, and in addition, there are other uh, stakeholders such as shareholders and customers where let's make the assumption that this change is is good for the organization, that means it's going to be good for your customers. It's going to be good for your shareholders. And so you you have to think about all of these people, uh, in addition to the employees, as Kim Turnage was just talking about. Yeah, you have to think about all of these audiences who are relying on you as a manager to uh, bring about these uh, desired Changes, So it's not just the well-being of the people blocking the change or anything of the sort. You've got all kinds of people who are relying on you to be decisive and to take the necessary actions uh, to move forward with the, with the desired changes. One of the things we talked about, and we've actually talked about this in, in past episodes, but for those individuals that, that stay – uh, and if you bring in new people to help with these sorts of changes, you know, steps you can take to help decrease some of that getting to know you phase, you know, the, the focus on you activity that we've talked about, career investment discussions that we've talked about, you know, working on ways to individualize um, with each of those those new people that you're bringing in, building those individualized relationships so uh, and, and fostering those and facilitate them so you can make that that rapid change with new people and how it's impacting your culture to be less impactful or at least to get people through that awkward phase, I guess. Yes. And and we've covered this in prior p- podcasts. I mean, essentially, you're bringing in new people to an organization. And the question is, how can we get them up to speed rapidly? And you can go to our microsite and look for uh, an exercise called Focus on You. And you can download this. This is an exercise that helps Uh, People build relationships rapidly. It gets them off to a very good start. Uh, And you can use this so you're managing change. You've shown some people out of the organization. You're bringing in new people. 
uh, the focus on you exercise can be very, very helpful in getting the relationships up to speed. And few things are more important than that when you're when you're managing change and, and building a new team. Uh, the the other the other activity Kyle mentioned is a career investment discussion, and we have the a document on the microsite also that uh, will lead you through that. And that is okay. Things have changed. Uh, you bring people in and you talk about uh, what do you need, uh, what kind of help do you need from me, what successes are you having, what strengths can we make better use of. Given the changes that are here, you may have some strengths uh, that. Uh, we are just what we need to move forward in this in this situation. So there's there's a set of questions that you can ask people. But again, it puts you as the manager in a position to better support people and make them successful in the new situation you're bringing about because of these changes. So we've covered this in 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 prior podcasts, and now we're just applying it to a situation of rapid change. So you can go onto that that microsite and and download these documents. And you can also send us an email if you want some some extra help and how do I use this. We're happy to give it to you one-on-one. Uh, our contact information is there, and I'll get on the phone with you, and so will Kim Turnage, uh, to help you uh, apply this if we can help. Well, do you have any other advice? That we're, it looks like the show is just about finished today, but is there any other advice you'd give to individuals when they're working with individuals who are blocking change or they're dealing with some legacy employees? Do we, did we leave any stone unturned here? Yeah, I think we left one stone unturned, and that is uh, you do have, no matter how rapidly you have to move, if somebody is blocking change, the first thing you ought to do is understand why. What's driving them to block this change? Is it something they're afraid of? Are they just not good at learning something new? I've seen changes come along where all of a sudden things are highly computerized where they didn't used to be. And some people are just frightened by having to do all this kind of stuff on a computer where they didn't have to. And so... The, the whole process, if somebody is blocking change, uh, it's always a good idea to start with uh, understanding why and do it very compassionately and open-mindedly. If you start there, you may find that you can help them and you don't have to show them the door. And it might be a, a simple fix, like you know, send them to a certain class or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, so and I think we're the getting thing I would to, reinforce ahead, that Kim. we mentioned is that you need to act quickly. You need to move quickly once you know what you want to do so that you can move on. Yes. Great point. Well, Larry and Kim, thank you for your insights on on how, you know, this, these are different chapters a little bit than, than what we've talked about in the past because it can be about moving people on to the next chapter in their, their careers. Um, you know, I, you know we've, we're getting to the end of the show here, but so let's talk a little bit about the next, the next episode. What do you have on the docket? What are we going to talk about for the next radio show? Good heavens, I have to look at my list, Kyle. You you sprung this question on me. What do we have on the docket? Um, So we're going to talk about uh, creating your legacy as a manager. And again, remember, our our fundamental theme is how do you make a difference in the lives of those people who report to you? And in that context, what, 
What do you want your legacy to be? How do you even think about that? So that's what we're going to do in the upcoming episode. That's, that's, that's pretty heavy stuff. I, I look forward to it. So, well, that's really our show today. A big thank you to our hosts, Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage, for their insights on working through some, some pretty difficult situations uh, with legacy employees or those who are blocking change. Uh, I'm sure that everyone who listens to the, our podcast is going to face one of these issues in their career, whether they're on, on one side or the other of that. Uh, and, and your advice is, is most definitely well received. So, and also, if you, if you like what you've heard today, uh, if you like uh, the, the types of stories and then the, the types of uh, presentations you're getting from Larry, particularly, uh, why don't you consider having Larry come to one of uh, your conferences, your your team building days, your presentations? Uh, he's he's a dynamic speaker, uses lots of humor, he offers incredible insights from uh, from hospitality, from talent management, really from his entire history. Uh, so if you're looking for a great speaker, I highly recommend. Um, speaking to Larry about an opportunity to come to your organization. I would recommend doing that soon, though. Uh, his calendar's filling up. Um, so reach out to us. You've got our contact information to get Larry set up to come to one of your speaking engagements very soon. Well, that's all we have for today. Uh, we'll see you next time for more tips from Larry and Kim. So until then, continue to manage to make a difference in those around you. Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.